Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the app has actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey! And we have a fully fed and awake Owen with us as well, so he will probably be adding some content into this episode. He is in a very good mood right now. Today we will be discussing Season 6, I guess, Episode 19, St. Patrick's Day. In this episode, Andy and Aaron go on their first date, someone gets a promotion, and the office anxiously awaits a party. This episode's cold open is basically everyone getting in the festive mood for St. Patrick's Day, which apparently is a pretty big deal in Scranton. Yes, Michael is very into St. Patrick's Day, as is Meredith. Now, Michael has, instead of an Irish flag, he has an Italian flag. To be fair, they are the same colors, just in a different order. I cannot remember what color starts out the Italian flag, but it's an iteration of red, white, and green. I'm going to... I think it's green. I think... The Irish flag has orange. I guess it is more of an orange. It's a reddish yeah. orange. So, so I yeah. think it's the same sequence. Okay. But Dif- the, it's not the, red. Yeah. The Irish flag is orange. The Italian flag is red. Okay. Meredith is super into St. Patrick's Day, which is not very surprising. St. Patrick's Day is typically like celebrated as a drinking holiday, and Meredith really likes to drink. She comments to Kelly and Ryan that they need to stop fighting because they just need to have one perfect day, no responsibilities, no fighting, no kids. And Kelly and Ryan sort of question her, like, wait, no kids? Where are your kids on St. Patrick's Day? Like, that's not really how it works. You know who else is really into St. Patrick's Day? Curtis. That's correct. (laughs) Curtis does really like St. Patrick's Day. It is a holiday that we host It has taken on different iterations, I would say, over the years. Yes, in our younger days, my friends and I would get up pretty early. We would go take two cars. We would park one in a parking lot downtown along the parade route. And then we would go back to somebody's house and they would do breakfast, and then we would go back to said car that we left downtown where we had a grill, and basically we would tailgate the, the parade before going out and, you know, drinking at all the bars. Sure. That sounds fun. Um, and here in our town, like, they, it's... St. Patrick's Day is also a pretty big deal. They shut down. There is the, the the strip downtown where all the bars are, and they shut that whole street down, and people are just out in the street and having beers. But as you said, as we have grown older and people have had children, things change a little bit. We don't go to the bars quite as often anymore. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But we still do the breakfast thing, and um, it is still a good time. I 
see it as the kickoff to day drinking season because <laughs> what you have coming up soon after is warmer weather and summer is not too far away. Um, and so, yeah, it's the kickoff to day drink, drinking season. I would put it, I would put St. Patrick's Day as my, let's go second favorite holiday. What is your favorite holiday? Uh, let's go top five, Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, 4th of July, and Cashmere Pulaski Day. <laughs> just because we live in Illinois, and it was just a weird holiday that you, we got the day off of uh, school. I never Our, got that day off school. You didn't? No. Our district didn't do that. We did. It's just a random day in like March. And yeah. you just get the day off. Uh, what What about you? Give Let's go. Quick shot out of the cannon. Top five holidays. First is Earth Day. <laughs> uh, well, it, it was more fun in law school because we celebrated Earth Week and there was actual like parties associated with it. Which Owen, Owen, Owen thinks is silly. Owen, it is mom's turn for her top five holidays. You can go next. You've only been alive for like two holidays, though. So, uh, then I'll go St. Patrick's Day because, like you described, you know we have a good time. Thanksgiving, Halloween, and I don't really have a fifth. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll throw Christmas in there. I just realized I didn't say Christmas. <laughs> And so, like we said, everybody is in the festive mood, getting ready for the St. Patrick's Day celebrations, which seemingly are going to commence immediately after work is over. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be at Poor Richard's or one of the local bars, and people are just planning to go there. Unfortunately, one thing is standing in their way. Well, maybe two things. One of them is intentionally standing in their way. One of them is unintentionally standing in their way. And maybe I'm misinterpreting this. Okay, what are the two things? So Joe is in the office. Last day. Yes, Joe is. this is her last day in the office. And before she goes, she wants to just kind of get a feel for how everybody works and operates and just wants to hear from everybody, basically. This is sort of a callback, I would say, to the days of Charles Minor working out of the conference room. Because Joe is working out of the conference room. She is facing out. So she's facing towards the window so she can see everything that's happening. And Curtis is right. She gets everyone together, not in the conference room, by the way, but just out in the office, gathers people together, and just asks them if anyone has any ideas she notes that liquid paper was not invented by an engineer. It was actually invented by a typist. So she's looking for those type of ideas. Curtis, what were your two things? Are we on the track to your two things? Kind of. So I would say that Michael is maybe not intentionally. Intentionally was the wrong word. I think Michael is actually holding people behind and Joe is unintentionally doing so. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 
basically what happens in this episode is it's five o'clock and Michael's like, all right, hey, we're going to call it a day. Good to see you. We're out of here. And Joe does this weird, okay, well, that's great. If you think today has been a good day for you, go ahead and call it a day. And so Michael is apprehensive at this. And this is because Michael can't get a read on how Joe feels about him. Yeah, definitely. And part of that, though, is Michael pushing too hard and not being able to read social situations. Right. So the first example of this is when early in the episode, Michael goes into the conference room where Joe is working, like you said, and is just giving pleasantries to Joe, you know, about her last day in Scranton and gives her a gift. And Michael, just as an offhand comment, says, oh, man, you know, it'd be great to see, you know, how you work in Tallahassee or whatever. And Joe, as just a turn of phrase, a polite thing to say, says, like, oh, well, you know, if you're ever in the area, you got a place to stay. And Michael, of course, because like you said, he doesn't read social situations very well, takes that literally and is just like, what? Really? And so he thinks he is in with the CEO of the company. Because he thinks he has this in and this buddy-buddy relationship with Joe, he he constantly interrupts her during the all-office meeting just on the office floor. Whenever anyone speaks up, for instance, Oscar asks about the Saber Print and All Color Initiative, which is a minority executive training program that Saber has. Michael then leans into Joe's ear and says, Oscar, Mexican, homosexual, just giving her like a little bio card. And she's like, okay, okay. He's kind of being like a gnat in her ears. Daryl speaks up and has an actually good idea saying, hey, I've looked at it. I'm telling you now that the way that the shipping routes go doesn't actually work very well. And he says it would be better to ship the printers and the papers separately because they ship differently and it it wouldn't take more trucks and he has it all sketched out and he shows it to Joe. And Joe is very, very impressed. Now, Michael sort of keeps chirping in her ear and trying to be involved, like, as he's trying to make it at, that he's an equal to Joe, saying things like, wow, look at your doodle. We're going to put that on the fridge. We are very proud of you. Whereas Joe is taking this as a serious suggestion. And honestly, Michael has never taken Daryl very seriously. Yeah, it's very condescending because Michael sees Daryl as a lowly warehouse worker. Exactly. So Joe finally has had enough of Michael's chirping and just says, enough. And it really does kind of cast a pall over the meeting. It's what happens in class when, you know, someone's been acting up in class and the teacher just sort of like loses it and has to gather that kid or that group of kids back and everyone just kind of snaps to attention. It's the did I stutter moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good way to say that. So that throws Michael for a loop. It w- And I'm missing actually a key piece of this. What really pushes Joe over the edge is the fact that Michael keeps commenting that he's going to come visit to Tallahassee and that, 
you know, Joe is just being polite and Southern and saying things she doesn't mean by like, oh, you, you know, you have a place to stay. And Michael pulls out a confirmation page of plane tickets that he booked for a 4th of July weekend and then puts Joe in the awkward position of saying, well, I have family come visit a lot. The guest house isn't available. Like that wasn't really a necessarily a real offer. So then once she snaps, Michael is really unsure. He feels like he's got whiplash on where his relationship with Joe stands. And everyone then is sort of left to finish out the day in a bit of awkward silence, I would say. And so this is what is kind of keeping Michael from straight out saying to Joe, or at least sticking up for himself and his employees to say, okay, it's presumably it's Friday. It, it seems like as though it's Friday. I don't know. Um, but I mean, it's five o'clock. That's the end of the day. Like Michael can just be like, okay, that's it. That's the end of the day. We're going to go home now. That's what's sort of an anomaly here. Uh, yes, Joe is is keeping an iron fist a bit, but never really has that stopped anyone from saying our workday ends at five. Honestly, what are they doing? Because they're salesmen. They have to call other people in business. The accounting is there really that much that needs to be done? Why is Aaron? Well, Aaron went home, I guess, you know, why would Kelly and Ryan in customer service need to be sticking around? There are just some jobs that truly are meant for working with others during the business hours as well. You could be thinking up leads, I guess. You could be going over order forms. There's just, you're not making calls. You're not having meetings, things like that. Yeah, unless it's like expressly stated that, hey, we're going to need to stick around a little bit later tonight. You should always assume you get off at the same time you always get off. Yeah. And Joe is quite pleased with herself, actually, that she's having this effect on the office. And she says, you don't get to be the most powerful woman in Tallahassee by slacking off. You get it by working hard and marrying rich. And I did both. And it's at this time that I'm just thinking in my current office, when we worked in the office every day, people like to take breaks and like to take walk breaks. And we have a pretty large office and we can do laps. There is a subset of people that I work closely with higher up in the chain of command that just absolutely abhor taking these 15 minute walk breaks. And to me, what I don't understand is it's the same people that will happily stand in a hallway, a doorway, wherever, and chit-chat for an hour. Not that there's anything wrong with chit-chat, but what is the difference? At least I'm taking a little bit of a walk to sort of clear my head, you know, chase away that afternoon, like, lull, basically. And I just don't fully understand. Now, do some people abuse it? Yeah, there are people that'll go outside and take a 30-minute walk. Who cares, quite frankly? Yeah, I mean, you are allowed, by law, a 15-minute break for every four hours you work, I believe. I think so. So, essentially, two 15-minute breaks a day. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I'm with you. Like, 
there obviously are always going to people like you said that are abused these kind of things but like as long as you're getting your work done like you should be able to come and go for the most part as you please like obviously you can't take half of a day off every single day or whatever because at that point then is your job truly that important so sure but yeah like if you need to come in half an hour late one day because you know nobody should be able to bat an eye of that or leave half an hour early or whatever as long as your work's getting done whatever and i think that's what we're seeing with the pandemic and the work from home and this some of the companies and offices that have gone all remote or hybrid or whatever the case may be they're not coming back full in the office and then there is a certain group of workers now i will say they're mostly older and there's a certain group of professions that are like no it's not work unless you're miserable in the office for 10 plus hours a day and you have to put in facetime how else are you collaborating da, da, da. some now there are definitely some professions where collaboration or it would be very easy to just or it would be a lot easier to be able to go down the hall and ask someone a question or bounce an idea off. And I worked in private practice for a little bit, and I'll just say there was always this loom, there was always a Joe type mentality of on a Saturday, you better be showing your face or you're not working hard. There were times I didn't have really anything to do, although Saturdays is actually quiet and get something done. And holidays, like a St. Patrick's Day, I would always stay late on Halloween because that was the time to get something done because everyone had, especially if they had younger kids, everyone had left. And so the distractions weren't there. And so Michael checks in with Gabe at one point and asks, hey, like, how long can we expect to be here? And Gabe is even like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's, you know, we're here until 1030. And sometimes Joe just doesn't show up for work for three days. And so, clearly this is a pattern. And a mind game thing. Yeah, for sure. And it takes Michael going in at, I believe, like 8.30. 8.30, which, which, absolutely not. For me, no, no, no. Yeah. And it's just like, Joe, we're done. Like, everybody, I'm, I'm proud of the work my team has done. Everybody should be able to go home now and call it a day. And Joe's just like, okay. If that's how you feel, then that's great. And Michael says, I look forward to continuing our professional relationship. And he also notes he canceled all the plane tickets he booked. Yeah. And that does earn Joe's respect in a way. Him saying, no, we're done here. I'm not giving into this game. But also letting her know, hey, I'm going to keep it professional, I think helps. Yes. I think that greatly helps Michael. Now, side note, this is Jim's like first day back from paternity leave, which that's what makes me think it's not a Friday. Maybe it could it could be though. Sure, sure. And Jim leaves at about seven. He plays a trick on Dwight. Dwight was gonna try to get out of there by saying he had a client meeting and going to Joe. Jim beats him to it. And my whole point in saying this is if I'm Pam and I'm expecting Jim home at five when I've been with the baby all day, I am calling him every half hour. So this is a part of a larger storyline where when Jim returns, 
we see that Dwight has commandeered both Jim's desk and Pam's desk and created what he calls Megadesk. And each desk has its own purpose. One is for work, one is for surveillance, and one is for gaming. And so Jim immediately takes his desk back. And this doesn't make Dwight happy, which doesn't make much sense because, you know, it's Jim's desk. But Dwight says that he got too attached to Megadesk and now basically Megadesk is the only thing that is good enough now. And so Dwight spends the rest of the episode trying to guilt Jim for being at work and leaving his newly born child home with just Pam without a father figure there for eight hours a day. As someone who's just experienced going back to work while their spouse is home on maternity leave, like, what's your thoughts on that? I, I guess I didn't feel bad for doing it because, like, I missed him. I did miss him, but, like, <laughs> I, I knew, like, I was going to see him again and that he was in capable hands. Like, I didn't worry about that kind of stuff. It was more that I was worried about you because especially those first couple weeks, like we weren't sleeping very well. And so he was struggling with nap times and with feedings and things like that. And so I knew that you were very, very busy, had very few moments to rest. And so that was the main reason I felt bad for being at work. I mean, yeah. And yes, I did miss you too, Owen. It's just one of the things that we live in America, so, and we don't live in a large city that has to like lure workers in with big benefits like paternity leave. So it just sort of, you know, is what it is. But yeah, like it, it is a tough um, thing. And it does, as the partner at home, it does feel like your spouse is getting a break by going to work. And by just being able to, like, sit in silence for a little bit. Yeah. And so, yes, like you said, this all leads to Jim beating Dwight to the punch using the trick that Dwight was going to use himself to get out of work. Another person who got to leave work early is Erin, which was unfortunate for her and Andy because they were planning on going on their very first date. Finally, after an unknown time of weird courting. Yeah, because you have to think it's been at least since Christmas and they've liked each other before that, but that's when Andy did the Secret Santa thing and now it's St. Patrick's Day. So it's been almost three months. Yeah. And so both of them are very, very excited for the night. And so, of course... This is the time when Erin gets sick. She just has a cold, has the sniffles, and is trying to fight through it until she brings in a fax to Joe and kind of like sneezes in the room. And Joe's like, nope, nope, you have to get out of here. You can't get the dogs sick because they have a commercial shoot with Dwight Howard next weekend. And so obviously Andy is disappointed as well. He says to Aaron, you know, maybe we can just reschedule for next week. And then he comes up with an even better idea. 
he also goes into Joe in the conference room and then pretends to be sick so that he'll also be sent home. Joe, side note in this scene, does not seem to know Aaron's name, just keeps calling her the receptionist. So Andy like jauntily walks out of work and it seems like it's, it's still daylight out. It seems like it's, I don't know, noon, morning, I don't know. Well, next we see Andy who is wearing a kilt, by the way, for St. Patrick's Day, which, of course, he would. Owen thinks it's very silly that Andy would wear a kilt. Next, we see Andy. He's showing up at Aaron's house seemingly in the evening. He's brought over Gatorade and, I think, soup, and it's pouring down rain outside, but it's dark outside. So he's not coming over immediately, it doesn't seem like, and he decides they're going to have their date just at Aaron's house. Now I'm not really sure if it's a good move to show up at someone's home unannounced as your first date, but Aaron doesn't seem to mind. No, I would think in the in the scheme of things, considering Aaron and Andy's entire relationship, like they have they have moved past they are finally at the dating stage, but they I think with that, they both recognize it's like, oh, this person has liked me the entire time. And I was just being a weirdo. Yeah. And so this doesn't seem quite so weird. Like, it's not as weird in this situation. Otherwise, yes, I completely agree with you. So Andy and Aaron are curling up on the couch, ready to watch a movie when they are joined by a third person. And that is Aaron's foster brother. And this is just... An apparent roommate. Yeah. This is a weird... I am conflicted on this storyline. Because it never comes up again, I will say. Right. On one hand, yeah, it's just kind of weird how they do this whole thing. Like, their relationship is very odd. Yes. But on the other hand, this is a better way of putting roadblocks in front of Aaron and Andy's relationship than anything they've done before this. Like, this is more of a... Like, they're trying to get things off the ground and things just... the Weird things just happen rather than both of them are just like, uh, I don't know, uh, it's her turn, it's my turn. Yeah, it, balls in her court. Weird things like that, yeah. Now, Aaron doesn't let her foster brother be too much of an impediment because at the end of the night, as Andy is leaving, they kind of do the awkward thing that happens on first dates. It happens to a lot of people of, should we kiss? Should we not? How should we do this? The foster brother does show up, but Aaron does kiss Andy on the cheek and, and kind of give him a big smile. And Ed Helms like is a very, I'd say like a physical comedian, but when he smiles, he smiles with all his teeth. Speaking of teeth, that is where I kissed you on our first kiss. Because we did that. We like did. weird do we kiss now or not thing. We had a better one later that on the actual date. Correct. And so that pretty much wraps up the goings on in this episode. In the end, everybody does get to go to the bar and everybody is, you know, happy to be there. I think the office members seem to recognize what Michael did because when yeah. like everybody is there drinking 
and Michael offers to buy everybody drinks and Oscar's like, no, 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 seriously, it's on us. You, you know, put your credit cards away. So, you know, Michael earned the respect of not just Joe, but his employees as well. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. I'll be honest, there are zero fun facts about this episode. That's kind of, that's, yeah, that's very surprising. I did mean to mention we do get a Todd Packer sighting and it's been quite a while. He is at the bar and basically taunting Michael that he has to work late. Speaking of Todd Packer, he gets fired in this episode because, well, he's in the episode. So Todd Packer always gets fired in his episodes. Pretty much. Uh, At the end of the episode, Michael is doing a one-on-one with the camera in the bar and... Packer comes up from behind Michael and just starts basically just humping him. It is Packer's first firing this season. It's his fifth overall. We also lose we also lose Meredith for the exact same reason because as Packer is dry humping Michael, Meredith comes from behind Packer and starts dry humping him. It is her second firing this season. It's her tenth overall. And we also lose Dwight in this episode for playing video games while at work. It's his fifth firing this season. It's his 27th overall. Antoinette, what is your Dundee for this episode? I actually have two. Uh, The first is the Ahead of Her Time Award going to Angela. When she hears that Aaron is sick, Aaron tells Angela that she has indigestion in her nose, by the way. Angela pulls out a personalized monogrammed cloth mask, which we should be doing that more often or all the time when we are sick. Yeah, I think there were a lot of things that were pointed out about American work culture during the pandemic that I hoped would have changed now because of a certain side of society's response to the pandemic. I don't think those things will change, but there is, for example, there is the stigma of taking time off for being sick. And I think people are reluctant to do it because they are afraid that their coworkers are just like, oh, well, are they really sick? Are they just trying to get a day off? Right, which is terrible. Even if you have a cold. Now, the bad thing about a cold is that you're spreading it before you're really showing that you have a cold. But honestly, if you have a bad cold or laryngitis or something, just you should be able to work from home. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like there are plenty of times where I just don't feel great. Yeah. But I could work. And so it'd be like with the evolution of work from home, if you are able, I feel like I would be able to now, I was able to work from home before the pandemic anyway, but right. as like if as this is introduced to a larger swath of the workforce, like you should be able to call your boss and just be like, "Hey, not feeling great, but I still can work. I'm just going to work from home just so I don't get other people sick." Exactly. Or if you do have to be out in public, you should wear a mask if you have a cold. And that's the other thing of I wish that masks were more widely accepted by the American population because 
for that exact thing. If you can't work from home and you do have the sniffles, you do have a cough, you should be considerate of others, wear the mask, and that way you're not getting other people sick. Because that's the flip side of the coin of the first thing I said, the stigma of calling in sick for work. Because if that person didn't call in sick for work and they show up for work, the same people that are like, oh, I bet they're just trying to get the day off are griping of, oh, why are they here? Well, they're just trying to get everybody sick. Yeah. And I will say the last time I had a cold, I didn't, I feel bad now. I didn't do that. When your mom came over here, I should have been wearing a mask because I had a bad cold and I like wasn't. So I feel bad about that. But that's what I should have been doing. Yeah. And that's something that we learned when we were in Japan is that their work culture is so extreme that... Very intense. That's why you see a lot of people wearing masks in Japan so that they either don't feel well and they are wearing a mask so they can still go into work or... They are wearing a mask so they don't get sick, so they don't have to miss work. Yeah, and that's something like, so Owen hasn't started daycare yet, so I am sure that Curtis and I are in for lots of just viral illnesses coming up here. But that's something, too, where is it, I don't necessarily mind wearing a mask all day, it does kind of suck and it is hard like when you go to a restaurant or something where you're trying to eat or drink but it kind of makes sense honestly it really does in very crowded like spaces so my second dundee is minor plot device turned into real life fun and that goes to megadeth so after in college after we watched this episode my friend decided that we were going to do mega couch, which is when we would take t- <laughs> take two love seats and put them out on our deck because it was nice weather and basically just day drink on our mega couch outside. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Which worked great until our laziness that one night we didn't bring the love seat in and it rained and it kind of got ruined. Yep. Sounds about right for 20 or 21-year-old college students. Absolutely. What is your dummy? I also have two. My first one is the Bold Move Award, and that goes to Dwight for playing video games and creating Megadesk right. while the notoriously work-focused CEO of the company is in the building. Especially because Dwight is trying to impress basically yeah that doesn't really make sense right and then the other one is the sign of the times name drop and that goes to dwight howard (laughs) because as i said earlier joe says that her dogs have a commercial shoot with dwight howard later that weekend and while dwight howard is still in the league and still playing basketball wow yeah he's on like his ninth team in it's like his probably like his seventh in the last I'm gonna go seventh team in the last nine years. Like there was a there was a stretch where he was on a new team like every other year. He's on his he's in his second stint with the Lakers. Uh the first one did not go so well, and this one does not appear to be starting so well either, considering he got in a fight with Anthony Davis like two days ago. 
Uh, anyway, yes, Dwight Howard is still in the league, but he is does not quite have the uh, star power and name cachet as he once did. Who is your employee of the month? I think we have the same one. I chose Daryl because he's finally getting recognition. He gets a promotion and he gets Jim's old office because Joe wants him upstairs where he can give his ideas. Now, in reality, it's because Craig Robinson's star is rising and they had to find a way to get him on camera more. Yeah, you're right. I, I do also have Daryl. And this is very odd that they, like, is his, like it's weird that his star is rising in the a in the middle of the season they just yeah. start they just yeah. introduce him to get him more camera time in the very middle of the season and so why they w- and it's this is literally the first time we've seen him maybe all season i agree it's kind of bizarre and i can't think so i think this would have been like 2010 yeah 2010 so I'm not sure. I can't think what he would have been in. Hot Tub Time Machine? Is that maybe, coming out? Maybe. Maybe. It has to be somewhere around there because This is the End came out a couple years later. Like, I, I'm not sure what it was. And you're right. It's interesting this is coming mid-season because I wouldn't think this would be around, like, contract negotiation times or something. So it's sort of bizarre, but they are needing – as I said to Curtis as we were watching this, we're kind of in this weird lull space on storylines. Like, we wrapped up some Jim and Pam-focused storylines for now. They take a little bit of a backseat. You know, Michael doesn't really have any romantic prospects going on. We we have Dwight and the Angela thing coming, but we kind of need some new blood. Right. Uh, I, d- I did look it up. If, if this is... 2010 hot tub time machine is coming out in this year so maybe they just timed it where like that's when the movie was being released yeah but yeah it's also odd that this isn't a new like this isn't gabe getting more screen time this is a character that's been there from the very first episode and so for them to just randomly be like Okay, yeah, now we're going to give you more screen time. It's just odd. Especially because Stanley, Phyllis, Oscar, Kelly, Ryan really haven't had... I don't think Stanley's had much of a line since the first episode. Same with Phyllis. Besides maybe one speaking line an episode, we really haven't seen them very often. So it's sort of bizarre to bring somebody in to get more focus, but... It, it does work. I mean, he gets more screen time as the seasons go on. So that pretty much does it for this week's episode. Please do be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And be sure to keep listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.